we're spending all our time talking about a fucking 17 year old kid who shouldn't have been someplace and shot some people after he got attacked instead of the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell is on trial right now for an international sex trafficking operation that her partner Jeffrey Epstein allegedly now allegedly is dead killed himself air quotes and therefore isn't here to be able to answer for it and who allegedly has dirt on every single not every single but a ton of powerful people around this world at the highest levels of government and pop culture and anything. We're not paying attention to that trial. Hmm. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the news? You're giving opinions and calling them facts. Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. What's cooking, everybody? You didn't think COVID was going to get me, did you? Come on. Come on. This show's just getting started. I can't be taken out by COVID so soon. But yes, I, I did have it, and that is why I am actually, believe it or not, doing a solo episode. I swear to God, I was never going to have to do one of these ever again, but here we are. Because while I am now coming out the other side, I still have a couple days left of the whole quarantine thing, and I had to cancel... All my guests over the past 10 days or so. So you just get me today. But yeah, not fun to have it. Very, very interesting that I had to take my vax pass to go to an all vax wedding. And then following that to an all vax bar in New York City just to come home with COVID for the first time. That was was certainly interesting to say the least. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, we're alive. We're back. We're kicking. Got a few things to talk about. I am certainly not going to do the regular three hours or anything like that. I can't even stand listening to myself talk for like 10 minutes, let alone like 45 or whatever we'll do today. But I made a promise when this podcast began that I would give you an episode every week. And at some point, you know, three years in or something, I might take a vacation for a week or two. So forgiveness for that ahead of time. But for now, while we're building, we put out episodes when we say episodes are coming out. So... I have been working on my schedule. We're going to have a very good slew of guests that are pretty much booked out for the next eight weeks or so. So I'm excited about that. We'll be back to the whole guest format. But in an effort to give the episode this week and do it myself, it does seem pretty fitting that it came on a particularly what I would call annoying, annoying news story in America that everyone's getting worked up about, unfortunately, myself included. I, I tried not to. I really did. I tried not to for a long time, and then eventually everyone's fucking talking about it on Twitter, so you have to. But yeah, it's coming during the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing, and that is not the only thing we're going to talk about today. I just think that it is a topic that presents an enormous opportunity to point out the massive hypocrisies of biased people that exist in this country. And yes, I'm calling out anyone in this country who is biased and hard in a direction of of political theater, which is pretty much what I term it as these days. So where to begin with this? First of all, I'm very grateful that I had COVID during the whole final week while the jury was deliberating. So there was at least some of that I could sleep through. But I was starting to get a little better after the result came back on Friday. Because by the way, I didn't even mention this. I got those monoclonal antibodies. 
I was calling them monoclonal until about an hour ago, and someone corrected me. But they're called monoclonal antibodies, and you go to the hospital. They put like a they put like an IV in you. They drip this thing into you for like ten minutes, and then watch you to make sure you don't die. And then you walk out of there, and I, I got to tell you, like it worked. It was really almost like it felt like when people talk about getting really drunk and then getting an IV, like when rich people do that whole thing, I've never done that, but this is always how I imagined it would feel. Like you're feeling very shitty and then you just get this clean thing in your body and you just kind of feel like refreshed. So it didn't kick in like right away. I still kind of felt shitty, but I I felt like at least a little lighter right afterwards. And then that was on Friday evening. And then Saturday morning when I woke up, I noticed, Oh, Okay, I got a little pep in my step, a little better. So it started to get better from there. But anyway, back to this whole thing. So I, I was starting to come out of it a little bit because Friday was like a little better when I was heading in there to get that treatment. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday had been nasty and Thursday. But I, I got stuck on Friday night going through Twitter inside and out and going down every single rabbit hole of everyone with a goddamn opinion who wants to shout it to the rooftops about this case. And of course, I just got madder and madder when I was doing it, because that's what happens when you look through Twitter. But it is, the reason I say it is a great opportunity to take a look at where we stand here is because of the utter stupidity of biased opinions that were being put out there without any facts. So I'm going to relate this to a couple other totally separate trials as well. We're just going to start with Rittenhouse because there are there are two other trials and there's more than that, but there are two other trials that just went on that I've done at this point I would say very good research on that I was not as fully aware of before last week. One of them I did know about, the other one I had no idea about. So again, very important you go out and actually look this stuff up. But there were two other trials I want to get to to kind of wrap this all around and show why everyone ends up showing their ass. Like even if they're right about something or more right than wrong about something, they end up being wrong on the next thing because now it doesn't fit their needs. Kind of a convoluted way of saying it, but you'll see what I mean. So by the way, as I just alluded to right there with the whole research thing let me just get this out of the way out front because i'm going to rip on people for not doing their research today listening to me talk about this despite the fact that i am going to at least list off a few sources here and i will let you know what those links are and everything even just listening to me and then drawing a conclusion from that is a problem don't do that go out Read everything on the right, read everything on the left, and then try to find the things that are in the middle. I just read both sides, I do what I can do, and I go from there. And I end up reading a lot, a lot of volume on things that I really care about, that I want to be well informed on. And so I, I would say I'm still getting there, even with Rittenhouse, because there's so much shit out there. To say nothing of all the evidence that they have with the video and, and the analysis of it and, and things like that. But it is just so important that you actually take the time to look past the headlines, look past the tweets, and and actually try to make sense of it yourself and, and draw your own conclusions. I always say that, but it's especially if I'm just the one talking to you in this episode, it's a very, very important disclaimer. But on this case, let's let's start with Let's start with the right wing because they're less wrong on this one. They're more they're more in the correct on, on this case than they are wrong. 
the left is a little more wrong about the Rittenhouse one, so I'll get to them. But on the right side, they're correct to say that, in my opinion, that this was a, a self-defense case. I'm not going to go through every single particular of the evidence. Again, I would encourage you to please review that yourself, including the videos. But just as a very broad outline, there were three quote-unquote main victims, so to speak, here. Two were killed. One was injured with a shot in the arm. The first victim, Joseph Rosenbaum, was killed when he chased down Kyle in a parking lot. And, and maybe I'll put that video in the corner, too, so you guys can see that while I'm talking. And it's it's like a drone video. It's from far away. But he chased down Kyle in a parking lot, went in between cars, and then was lunging for Kyle's gun as one of the key witnesses right there on site also pointed out. Also appears to be that way on the video. And Kyle turned around and shot him because they were kind of pinned between cars, and he died. Obviously very unfortunate that anyone has to die. And I'm going to get to the whole way that this should have never fucking happened. But in my opinion, you look at that pretty clear self-defense. The next two where you had a, a killing and an injury and the person who was injured, the, the gauge guy or however you say his name, he testified as well at the trial because he's alive to testify. But Kyle had killed Rosenbaum and so all this craziness is happening in the streets and so he has people running after him like oh you killed this guy whatever and so he runs up the street and then he's greeted <laughs> however the fuck you want to say it by all these other protesters and the first guy I believe his name was Anthony Huber I don't have it in front of me but he attacked Kyle with a skateboard so he had a skateboard and he ran at him and hit him over the head with the skateboard, knocked him on the ground. Now this is a blunt force object. Kyle Rittenhouse is a 17-year-old kid. He doesn't look like he particularly benches a lot either. I mean, he probably benches okay, but you know, I don't want to rip the kid totally. Doesn't look that strong is, is the bottom line. But he's on the ground and immediately, I think in a span of one second, fired four shots because he was very clearly in danger. That is completely on video. You can see it. That one, I, I don't know how anyone can make a case that he didn't do exactly what anyone else would have done in that situation right there. The last victim, the one who lived, then approached him with a handgun. And Kyle didn't kill him, but he shot him in the arm and stopped this guy from killing him. That one's really straightforward. So you look at this whole thing and you're like, all right, this, this is very straightforward. It's self-defense. Sure, it was. Here's where my issue comes in with all the right wing flipping out about this case. You guys are making him a hero. He is not a fucking hero. He's also not a villain. I feel I, I feel bad for the kid. I hope he can just kind of go about his life and fucking do good in the world. Take his opportunity now to, to be a good person. But let's get this straight. He was a dumb fucking 17-year-old kid who should have never fucking been there. Never been there. Period. Period. Never should have showed up. There's no good that could come of that. There's no good. You want to protect a few businesses? Okay. Someone else will do it. The 17-year-old is – and the gun thing is a whole separate thing too, and that's – there are some questions there. He did technically not break the law in Wisconsin, but – you know, and, and I'm a huge – that is one issue I'm very conservative on is guns. I'm, I'm to the right of Ted Cruz on guns. But as far as 
people from a reasonable opinion who could have an argument that like that's a dumb law and he really shouldn't have been able to have that gun i, I could see that i could see that Un unfortunately for them the the laws are the law and i think that one was even that full charge was dropped at the trial i think but check me on that i'm not sure i don't remember anyway there was no good that could come of that and when when i i may have started to say this a second ago See, when, when you don't do this whole, like, solo pod all the time, you can't remember, like, if you said something or didn't. I mean, the, the people that do this, I have so much respect for it because it's fucking impossible. Just talk to yourself for 45 minutes. But if I repeat myself a couple times, my bad. I'm, I'm not the pro at this one. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the pro at talking to people, hopefully. But when you're young, a lot of our parents, mine did, I know a lot of my friends did, used to teach you a very common concept of what judge the good and the bad, the pros and the cons that can come from a situation. Before you go to do something, ask yourself, is there anything good that can come of this? If the answer is no, turn the fuck around and don't do it, period. If the answer is yes, but, you need to weigh how big the yes is and how big the but is. So let's even be conservative here and say that there was a slight yes and that yes was oh i can protect some businesses from being burned down by looters and rioters which by the way for people that didn't know background of what was going on this was a protest in kenosha wisconsin kenosha kenosha over the whole jacob blake shooting that happened back in august 2020 so this was right afterwards and a lot of these protests had ended up with businesses being burned to the ground and stuff and so local businesses were on high alert and there were people sent out to protect them so maybe there was some good to see that he was protecting businesses that said there is the whole gun issue, which you can't tell me he 100% knew that law and knew that it wasn't against the law for him to have that gun. I don't give a fuck what he tells me. There's no way he knew that for sure. Even if he ended up being right, that was like a, wait, this is probably wrong for me to do this. Secondly, you're just asking for trouble. What are you going to get shooting a protester who's got, you know, half of them probably have $200,000 of student debt and live in a hut? You know, like they're just pissed off. Right? They're very pissed off people. There's no good to come of that. It's not going to stop protesters from coming after that. There's just going to be more now. You know, it, it, unfortunately, there's some things in life that due to what the laws allow us as citizens to do, you just have to leave to the pros. I'm not saying you have to like it. I hate that. But you got to do it. And there's a reason why not everyone else was out there with a fucking gun. And by the way, when I, when I say he's not a hero, an, another reason, there was like a message, that, a mass message that was sent out from like a local militia group or something saying, we're going down there to protect businesses tonight or whatever. And they were offering payment. And this is, I believe this was a part of the evidence. So Kyle and his friend, they, they thought that if they went down there, they were going to get paid. So he was also going down there for money too. You know, it's just stupid. Like how much are they paying you? Like 20 bucks an hour to fucking roam the street with an AR? Dumb. Dumb. So when I see the right wing talking about how this guy stands for everything we believe in, I've literally seen people say this on, on the internet. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? This, this is not... You want to die on the hill of, all right, let's not let the mob prosecute someone outside of court to get a result in court and set a bad precedent? Fine. 
And we're going to get to that energy in a minute where they don't put it everywhere, but that, that's fine. Don't then make him out to be a saint and a martyr, which, by the way, also isn't even fair to him because there's no way he could live up to that. So it's a prime example of when you see your ideology attacked and you look for the God in the situation and you tend to, first of all, no one's a God, and then you tend to put it in someone who's the last person you should be putting it in there. And so I, I, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't understand why there's this huge like contingent around him online. Again, let the kid go live his life. Let him go live his life. Now let's get to the left side. The thing that has annoyed me beyond belief about the left in this particular situation is that it is so fucking clear to me that they have done absolutely zero research on the case. And some of them might just be lying to fit their own political beliefs. I think, though, before people just assume that, I literally think more of them just literally haven't looked at the case. So I'm, I'm going to play a video to start because I, there were all kinds of people I, I could have cited on this. But this one really encaptured everything. And it's, it's this woman, Amber Ruffin, who has a show on, on Peacock TV, the streaming service. And... You're going to hear her talk about this case and list off a few different, not all of them, but a few different falsehoods about it and paint it as a whole clear white supremacy issue. And I'm going to loop in some other cases around that after this to go in a couple different directions there about where we stand with that in our country because I'm – I'm in the middle on that issue. I think we have some issues. I just don't think it's 1840 right now. I also don't think we have no issues. I, again, I think we have some issues. But I, I want to play this because she gets emotional. And the easy thing for people to do to rally up support on the right side here would be to instantaneously laugh at her and call her a liar and, and all these things. I don't think someone... Many people are capable of being th this fucking good of an actor. And I'm going to play the clip now, and then we'll, we'll keep talking about it after. But here it is. You guys, because I have my own show, I have a responsibility to say things that people need to know that aren't being said. It's a cool opportunity that I don't take lightly. There are very big, obvious truths that no one wants to say on TV, but I will. Now, just a few minutes before we started taping the show, Kyle Rittenhouse, the man accused of shooting three people during a Black Lives Matter protest, was declared not guilty on all charges. So I can't believe I have to say this, but. It's not OK for a man to grab a rifle travel across state lines See, she is emotional. and shoot three people and then walk We're going to get to that myth, though. It's not okay for the judicial system to be blatantly and obviously stacked against people of color. It's not okay for there to be an entirely different set of rules for white people. But uh, I don't care about Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't care about that racist judge. And I don't care about how that jury must be. Uh, white people have been getting away with murder since time began. I don't care about that. I care about you. And uh, 
I can't believe I have to say this, but you matter. You matter. Every time one of these verdicts come out, it's easy to feel like you don't, but I'm here to tell you that you do, you matter. You matter so much that the second you start to get a sense that you do, a man will grab a gun he shouldn't have in the first place and travel all the way to another state just to quiet you. That's the power you have. So don't forget it. Okay. <sighs> lot to unpack there. So let's start with what I alluded to right before, which is the emotion. If you watch that, she, she, she's emotional. She is. She, she's, she's a black woman, and she feels a certain type of way about this, and she has put it in her head that this is how it went down, and, and so therefore this was not self-defense, and Kyle Rittenhouse is evil, and the, the, the system is stacked against black people. Now, I don't think the system has been great for black people at all. I talk about that a lot on this show. I think we have a lot of work to do. I will also see where some things do work, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But before then, to stay on Rittenhouse specifically, why are you making this a white supremacy issue, which is what she and not just Amber here, but many other people have done? Why are you doing that when this was a white kid who shot three white people? That's it. The only way that they're doing that is by stretching in the fact that if this were a black person, they would have been found guilty. Again, we're going to get to that in a second. I, I actually – I could see where they might be right about that, but we have a little case that happened the other day at the same time where the opposite happened for a black person on trial. Correctly, I might add, where they were. Anyway, I'll get to it. But you are making it out to be something that it is not. You are – stoking the tensions and i mean some of the quotes there this is where i do get a little bit like come on dude where she's like white people have been getting away with murder forever and shit it, it, it's like it gets to the point where it it you're you're attacking people on the basis of their race which i don't care what race you are that that's never it's never the right thing to do it's okay to joke about stuff it's okay to also point out some some things that are true but the, the the vitriol behind what she said there, in my opinion, was, was pretty clear, and I, I didn't appreciate all of that. But more importantly, if you are someone like Amber and you are on an international streaming platform, you have producers, you have a whole setup, all these things that someone like me, someone like pretty much all of us don't have. You literally have zero excuse for not knowing the facts. Now, when that video was playing, I think I made a comment where I'm like, just she just pointed out a myth right there. There are several myths about this case, but when they start talking about, I mean, the biggest one is, is, is when people start literally reporting, A, that Jacob Blake, who was the reason this whole thing was going down, was, de was killed by police. He wasn't. He's still alive today. He's paralyzed, but he's still alive. B, when they also have pointed out and this has happened in literal news sources and it's happened on live tv where people point out that like they were shooting black people no it was kyle was shooting white people now sidebar you've heard a lot of people say that the two people who died were not particularly great people particularly the first guy joseph rosenbaum who was a convicted child molester and also had checked out of a 
mental institution that day. So he, he was not a good person, nor was he a well person. If Kyle had shot him in cold blood, that wouldn't matter. I mean, you might feel a little less bad that it was him that got it and not some regular innocent person, but it wouldn't matter. He'd be guilty of murder and he should go go to jail forever. But he shot him while he was getting chased and the guy was lunging at his gun and this was a crazy person. This was an unwell person who was also described by – I forget – Get the one witness's name, but the guy who had interviewed Kyle almost right before the shooting happened on camera for like some news outlet, he was right there, and he was also like around Rosenbaum a bunch, and he was like this guy was was riling everyone up. He was looking for a fight. He was he was trying to cause problems, and that helped Rittenhouse's case. But if you're going to talk about it from the lens of where this all happened, come come, come with the facts. Get your producer team. To go in there and, and actually figure out what went on. So I actually found an article from Business Insider, which is a shitty, you know, corporate-y. It, it would be a shitty source, in my opinion, on a lot of things. But even they seem to get this right and straight to the point very clearly. And I, I'd, I'd like to read some of these. But it's called Six Myths Surrounding the Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, I want to make sure I have it right. Kyle Rittenhouse trial debunked. Okay, so let's start with myth one. Kyle illegally brought a gun across state lines. A lot, a lot of people, and I don't believe Amber said this part there, but a lot of people said, like, his mom drove him there to shoot people. His mom did not drive him there, but anyway. Perhaps the most persistent myth surrounding the case is the idea that Rittenhouse, then 17, brought an AR-15 across state lines. Rittenhouse lived 20 minutes outside Kenosha in Antioch, Illinois. His Illinois residence helped spur rumors that the teenager traveled to Wisconsin with his rifle illegally in tow. But during the trial, Rittenhouse testified in court that he drove himself from his home in Illinois to Kenosha on August 24, 2020, the day before he fatally shot two men. The gun was already being stored at a friend's house in Kenosha, according to police records and court testimony. So he was already there. He didn't just drive there for this thing. This whole thing was going down like live. Myth two, Kyle Rittenhouse possessed the weapon illegally. Rittenhouse and his friend Dominic Black testified that Black, who was 18 at the time, and by the way, this is where I was alluding to earlier, like the law is a little weird with this, and I could see people having some problem with that. I understand, but here's what it is. His friend Dominic Black testified that Black, who was 18 at the time, used Rittenhouse money to purchase the weapon at a Wisconsin hardware store in May 2020. The two reportedly agreed that Black would keep the gun until Rittenhouse turned 18 in January 2021, according to court testimony. So he was using it before his 18th birthday, as we know. Black is now being prosecuted for participating in the illegal straw purchase of the weapon on behalf of Rittenhouse, but Rittenhouse's possession of the firearm at the time was technically legal. Earlier this week, Judge Bruce Schroeder, so he did, yeah, he threw out a count of possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18 after Rittenhouse's defense argued the rifle was not short-barreled, capitalizing on an exception to the Wisconsin statute involved in the barrel length of the gun. And the other issue here that I was also trying to point out is like the whole age thing and like is he even allowed to use it if he doesn't own it and he's below 18 wisconsin laws were a little weird on that so again like he was okay under their laws but yeah that was that was another stupid decision hence why again like i'm, I'm not sitting here calling this kid a hero Myth three, Kyle Rittenhouse's mother drove him to the protest in kenosha that, that we already kind of covered she didn't drive him there he he was there a day ahead of time and then what was the final myth 
I think there were only like, they had an uncertainty and then they had another myth. So I think there were only like five in here, but they said six. Rittenhouse went downtown on August 25th to answer a call to arms put out by a Kenosha militia group. Oh, they said this was a myth. So strike what I said a few minutes ago. I'm not sure about that. Kenosha Guard militia group on Facebook did issue a call to arms ahead of the violence on August 25th. But the tech company later confirmed that Rittenhouse had not been a follower of the flag page. This is what I got mixed up. So my bad. A few minutes ago, I got this mixed up. Rittenhouse testified that he and Black went downtown because they were invited to guard the car source, Kenosha car dealership, during the unrest and were under the impression that they were going to be paid. So look at that. Even I got something wrong talking about this damn thing on here, hence why you have to do your own research. But I had I had it halfway. He thought he was getting paid to be down there. The militia group did send out something, but he wasn't even following the page. So he was just going down there to get paid and, and like protect the business and play hero and that's that's not what it is so oh no there is one more sorry there were six kyle rittenhouse is a self-identified white nationalist and then below that just says exactly what you think he's not so anyway these are the types of things that that people have not looked at these are the types of things that i i wonder if people ever even it's clear to me they never really watch the videos i mean what is someone supposed to do And there were people outside the courthouse who were just there watching, who weren't protesting on either side or anything, who were just like, wow, this is wild, who were being quoted as saying, like, yeah, I don't know what what else he's he's supposed to do. Like, he's already there. That was dumb, but that's not a crime. And then, I mean, the last thing you do when someone has a gun is go for it. And the first guy went for it. And then the next two guys, what's the other last thing you do when someone has a gun and you don't? Attack them with a blunt force object that could kill them. Because guess what? Now he's got a quicker way to kill you. And if his life's in danger and he's on the ground, he's going to do it. So that's what he did. So seeing the perpetual misinformation come out, I mean, he was labeled as an example of a white supremacist last year. And seeing the court of public opinion try him and consider him a monster for so long, when if you just looked at the evidence, you don't, you don't have to sit here and say the guy's like a good guy or a bad guy. He just – he was – made a dumb decision and was there and then other people attacked him and that's not that's not on him unfortunately even if you want it to be when you see all the people putting this out it 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 makes you wonder about how gullible our society is and probably one of the worst things i saw was what happened with biden on friday because Joe Biden, I guess, was coming off a Marine One or something on the South Lawn shortly after the verdict came down. And so on camera, the press pool got to him and said, hey, the the final decision with Rittenhouse just came down. What do you think? And I thought he gave a very good answer. He said, and Joe Biden's a lifelong lawyer. He's He's been this whole weird time we're living in. He's been a lifelong moderate kind of political guy. And so he gave an answer that I – respected and it was something along the lines of look the jury has spoken they made their decision and we will abide by it the system works it works that's exactly what i want the president to say in a difficult situation if it's the oj simpson trial hmm, okay maybe i could see an exception there but again maybe there's no exception maybe that's what you have to say every time including that but that is the exact down the middle objective thing that a president should say great leadership then he goes into the white house so now biden's in the white house and 90 minutes later what do we get 
We get a written statement on his Twitter feed that I'm not going to le- read because I don't have it up. That says all these things that are signaling the complete opposite, like how sad and, and sorrowful he is over this, how much it it must anger people. And I understand you may want to riot, but we're going to have safe streets. Don't do that, which is like, wink, wink. I know you're going to do that already. And it's like, he didn't write that. He didn't want to put that out. You got the honest Biden opinion when he got off the Marine One. And then he went in the building and his whole fucking team and administration and handlers or whatever decided, no, 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 this is what we're going to say. That's a problem to me. That's another huge problem. So I could go on and on about this all day, but I said there were two other cases, and so I'm going to get to them now. The first case that I want to point out is a case that I knew absolutely nothing about, didn't know this person existed until Friday because it happened to line up with the with its decision coming down at, at the same time that Rittenhouse did. It came down Thursday or Friday, so same time. And it's this guy, Andrew Coffey in Florida. Andrew Coffey is a convicted felon, and I looked up what his felonies were. <laughs> it's going to sound bad after I, after I tell you what the case was, but his felonies were from like 2010 and 2012 where it was resisting arrest, I think, or something like that, and then the second one was battery on a law enforcement officer. So the reason I say it's going to make this a little more interesting is because he was on trial for, I think it was a couple homicides of police officers and he was he was acquitted there was one charge he was found guilty of possessing a gun as a convicted felon so he's had time served i think he's going to do a little bit of time on that i i actually i'll get to that in a minute but i i hope the judge i, I think this guy's like a decent ish guy i don't know just my kind of read on it so i hope the judge is like look you've been through hell for four years look you shouldn't have the gun but the gun also may have inadvertently saved your life having it i don't know anyway he was acquitted of all the major charges which were the homicides and if you review the case and the facts of it it's 100 percent correct the jury did a great job and different kind of case in the same ballpark though of self-defense as kyle rittenhouse and for the same reasons a white guy kyle rittenhouse i will say the same thing and a black guy, Andrew Coffey, I'm going to say the same thing. Because the color of skin should have absolutely fucking nothing to do with it. Just like everything else in this country should have nothing to do with the color of our skin. I understand that, unfortunately, we still live in times where that happens. But this is an example of where the system actually worked on the same day, in my opinion. So Andrew Coffey was in his home when police were executing a search warrant for his father. Not for him. His father was dealing oxycodone and all that shit. But anyway... It's in the morning, he's there with his girlfriend, and he wakes up and he sees a barrel of a rifle through his window, and he thinks he's getting robbed. So he grabs the gun and starts shooting back where, where the guns are, and unfortunately his girlfriend was killed. As the cop shot, like, I don't know, 15 in there, 20 in there or something. She gets killed, he lives, he clipped and killed, a, I forget actually if it was one or two. But there were homicides of, of police officers from his gun. And so he's put on trial for this convicted felon whose felonies have to do with law enforcement tussle ups and found to be not guilty because what the fuck else was he supposed to do? Now, they'll say he wasn't supposed to own a gun because he's a convicted felon. Well, too late. He already did. And guess what? He woke up and was in life-saving mode. Because he's like, I'm about to die. I see guns. 
That's not normal. He didn't know it was a warrant. He was not awake when the warrant started. He wakes up hearing a lot of heavy noises, sees guns, and he shoots. If you have a gun next to you, you're doing the same fucking thing. 90% of you. I'll even be conservative. I'll say 9 out of 10 of you are doing the same thing. And so this was a guy who went out to trial for that. Again, killing cops. That's that's always, you know, the, the judicial system protects that a lot. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but they do. Found not guilty. So on the same day that Amber Ruffin's talking about how you matter and this system is is a white supremacist system that in similar situations would never find a black person innocent or not guilty. On the same day, you had a a black person found not guilty in a red state too. This was in Florida, in a Florida court. You had him found not the same place that that acquitted George Zimmerman. Let's add that to the record there. Found a black man not guilty of killing police officers, which he did, but he had a right to do it, given the circumstances. So, like, give me the energy across all of it. Give me the same energy across all of it. Don't just cry at the one thing that has attention because the media knows they could do things to piss people off and, and get our attention and, and make money like they do on something like Kyle Rittenhouse, which should have been, shouldn't have been a case. But if it was, I, I shouldn't have to fucking care about it. And... Actually, go out and pay attention to where some good things do occasionally happen. Now, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the rule right there. That's how it goes for black people on trial for homicide who acted in self-defense. I'm not saying that. I do think there's there's some stacked things in our system that need to be more equitably figured out here. But I'm saying there are times where it does work. So don't cry to me and tell me that it's the worst and that it never works and that we're all fucked. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Now, there was a third case. And this happened the day before. And this is where I'm going to get the right side. Because they, you know, you could give them some credit for at least being correct that, in my opinion, that that Kyle Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. But the funny thing is, they play right into stereotypes by then having the complete opposite energy for someone the day before who was on death row. So there is a case of a man named Julius Jones in Oklahoma. Now this one I had some familiarity with, but I really got a lot of familiarity before I came to do this because I I was watching it last week and seeing what was going on and and I want to make sure I understand all the nuance of the situation. But Julius Jones is on death row. He's been on death row since, I guess, like 1999 in Oklahoma. I think I said that, but in Oklahoma for the killing of a man in front of, I believe it was in front of his daughter and maybe his sister too. And he was 19 years old when it happened. And so he's been in jail for half his life and he has always maintained his innocence. And so his case in recent years has generated a lot of interest because the Innocence Project, which is a foundation that helps turn over wrongful convictions, particularly the most heinous ones like life in prison and and death sentence, they took up his case, I don't know, maybe like 
I don't know how many years ago, but they've been on his case for a long time. So the Innocence Project drew attention to it, and then even Kim Kardashian West. Is that what you're supposed to say? Like, I see people saying that. Like, is that, is it, isn't it just Kim Kardashian? Like, can't, can't we just have nice things? I, I don't know. And, and, and now she's getting divorced, too. She's with Pete David. Kim Kardashian. We're going with Kim Kardashian. Sorry. But Kim Kardashian took up the case. A lot of athletes, including Baker Mayfield and, and Dak Prescott, have taken up the case. And the details are, are this. As I said, it was the man who was killed in front of his daughter and, and sister. But the, the key test, the, the, the key things that found Julius Jones guilty were three. Number one, the eyewitness testimony of, I think it was the sister, who said that it was Julius Jones who did it, despite the fact that she described him as wearing a red bandana and having hair that was at least a half an inch thick when he was shaved down to, I think, down to the scalp at the time. So that was actually incorrect. And we also know eyewitness testimony, not to say it is all wrong, but it is one of, especially in traumatic situations, it's actually one of the more least reliable things. So like back to the Rittenhouse case, the the guy who I mentioned who was there who saw the whole thing, if not for the fact that we had drone video of the Rosenbaum part, his testimony I would have certainly some doubts about because he was very traumatized by the whole thing. He struggled even reliving watching the video in court. So again, anyway, back to Julius Jones. The other two things were at Julius Jones' home, the detectives found the murder weapon and the red band wrapped in the red bandana that had his DNA on it. And there's been arguments over the DNA that it wasn't conclusive. I think that I'll side with, with the prosecution and the state on that for now. I think it's it's fairly the Innocence Project is fighting it, but like it's it de- the the other guy. I'm going to get to that. There was another guy involved who went to jail for being getaway driver, but the other guy, the DNA test of red bandana proved that it couldn't be him. Definitely couldn't be him, and that there was there's only like a one in hundred million or something chance that it wasn't Julius Jones. The other guy though is where this case started to get interesting. So the other guy goes to jail for being the getaway driver. Now remember, there's one person in there that they could testify to seeing shoot the guy and go away. No one testified that like there were two people, to my knowledge. Please check that though. So the other guy still goes to jail because oh well yeah they they proved he was there, and he said I was the getaway driver. So he goes to jail for 15 years. While he's in prison, he admits to three people, who in coming forward were given. No chance at earlier parole or no cut on their time or no deal or anything. They came forward on their own recognizance or whatever and reported this, but he admitted to people that he had done the killing and that he had framed Julius Jones for it. And again, Julius Jones has always maintained his innocence. So back at the trial in 99, Julius Jones's attorneys, who I think were public defenders, not sure, we'll check that, but shitty attorneys they they didn't even have his his family come and testify as alibi during the time so never even put an alibi on the stand and the red bandana thing is and his mother asserts this she's like that bandana was not the same one worn at the crime there's a red bandana and not to get stereotypical here but in his defense let's get a little stereotypical 
was a black guy who owned a red bandana. There's a few of those in this country. I own a red bandana. I'm white, right? That's that's a fairly common thing. I own I own a blue bandana too. I own a green one as well. Maybe I'm weird, but either way, like that's that's a common kind of thing. It's also worth noting that the other guy, I forget his name, the getaway driver, came over to Julius Jones' house after the murder. And I believe stayed there for the night. So you don't think he could have hidden that weapon in a red bandana that was Julius Jones? Stuck on a little glove and made sure he lifted that in there? You don't think he could have done that? See, I think he could have done that. Now, what I'll say is that none of this is conclusive right now. I'm not ready to say, let this guy out of jail. He definitely didn't do it. I'm not there. But he was on death row. He was scheduled to be executed after years and years of fighting it. He was getting the injection on Thursday. And so everyone, through a last-ditch ever, I think Baker Mayfield cried on TV about it because he, he's friends with the guy at this point. But everyone, through a last-ditch effort to get the governor of Oklahoma, I think his name's Kevin Stitt, to commute his sentence, to give him a chance to fight this thing. And Stitt waited until the last moment, and he did it. Cue the right wing. There's some guys on Twitter who I, I like to pick on because their accounts just scream like Antifa from the right side to me. But there's a guy, Jack Pozobiech, and another guy, Matt Walsh. And Pozobiech started going nuts on this thing. And I bring these guys up because they were raising the points throughout this whole thing about how disgusting it is that this poor, innocent, little 17-year-old kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, who's now 18 but was 17 when he committed the crime, could be put on trial for his life. For something he clearly didn't do. And how dare the state even let that happen. With Julius Jones. He was about to be put to death. There's no coming back from that. Now when I see a really bad crime. Like a Charles Manson or something. The animal in me says yeah put him to death. Do it. The reason I don't believe in the death penalty though. Is because I don't have the percentage for you in front of me. And we also don't know the percentage for sure. But there are mistakes made. And death is the one thing you cannot come back from. And so when you see a case, which, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Julius Jones's death sentence hearing went before the parole board of Oklahoma. And mind you, this is Oklahoma. Not exactly, you know, known for their social justice warrior type backgrounds, if you know what I mean. But anyway, goes before the parole board this fall. I think it's September. And they voted three to one with one abstention to commute his death sentence because he could be innocent. So even the fucking parole board agreed that, like, we're not ready to say he's innocent, but this man might be innocent. So when, when you have a, a shadow of a good doubt that somebody is innocent, don't you think that the same people who would be sitting here advocating for the state putting a poor 17-year-old kid on trial for his life for something he didn't do would also have the same energy for somebody who's about to be put to fucking death for something he did when he was 19 years old that he might have not done? No, they didn't. Instead, you saw Pisobiich or however the fuck you say his name come out here. I think I have some tweets up and say, let's see. First of all, he did the predictable thing. He immediately went to George Soros. So, yes, George Soros is a bad guy. His Open Societies Foundation does fund some of the Innocence Project. The Innocence Project is funded by more, I believe it's more than half of it, is funded by individual contributions. So, not Open Societies, not George Soros. And the Open Societies accounts for like, I don't remember the percentage, but 
it's not at all even like half of the foundational support of it. So you can't control that some people are going to invest in stuff and you can't control that people are going to take the money to be able to do it. I'm not saying I would have loved taking the money from George Soros. I might have a chat with them and say, I don't think you should have done that. But Jake Pazobiec just went on a thing like that means this whole case must be wrong. Because they, they're funded by the, by the open societies. And then where was some of this stuff? Because he tweets, he tweets out the Republican Party. Of course, he had to make this whole thing fucking political. And, and this is what I mean. Like the whole you, you literally can't even do the right thing, which Kevin Stitt, who he attacked in this tweet, the governor of Arkansas, by the way, in his commutation, went the worst route possible for a commutation and tried to work in there that like this is life without the possibility of parole and he's trying to get it so this guy can't even have his case heard and can't fight it so he's basically saying i'm throwing you a fucking bone which to me in his position he should say okay life without parole but <clears throat> we're gonna see about the guilt in this case or i might even say damn i might do life with parole and this whole thing meet him halfway and then at the very least like he has a chance as an old man to get out but he didn't do that. He did the whole, you know, playing hardball. But not hard enough for Jack or whatever his name, Pazobiec. The Republican Party is full of people like Kevin Stitt. This is his tweet. Full of people like Kevin Stitt who bow down to the media and celebrity pressure every time. Are you paying attention yet? You can't even let the guy do something that might even be like a little bit good from a humane issue. Instead, he's, 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 he's got to be like this, this guy's guilty. And then the tweet right before that. He subtweeted someone about Julius Jones, and he said he's going to rot in prison for the rest of his life for shooting a dad in front of his daughters. So the same thing that he is accusing the left wing of right now, just totally stereotyping Kyle Rittenhouse and putting whatever facts suit them or lack of evidence that suits them out there, not even considering the possible evidence on the other side and attacking the kid and ending his life. The same thing he's attacking those people for, he is now doing it from the other end when it happens to be, and I don't even think, by the way, the Julius Jones issue is that much of like a left-wing issue. I think it's a fucking human issue. I'm sure there's Republicans who are supporting this thing. Again, Oklahoma Parole Board voted 3-1 to to see that he at least has a shot at this, right? So instead... No, he takes the other side. Now you add to the fact that this is also a black guy. You're playing right into the stereotype, pal. When all these people run around talking about how every right winger is a a racist and shit like this, well, the hardest right winger, a guy like this, is is doing everything he can to... I'm not saying like this is racist, but I'm saying he's doing everything he can to play right into that and give them fuel to the fire to be able to say things like that. Matt Walsh did the same thing, and I'll give Matt Walsh this... His tweet was a little more objective, but again, I, I, it's also clear to me that he hasn't really looked at the case. I'm, I, I don't like Matt Walsh at all, so I'm not one to really give him credit. He's one of the angriest fucking people on Twitter. It's it actually, I, I, I just don't, look, if you're nonstop an angry person, I don't care what you believe. I fucking hate your Twitter, and when I read it, I hate read it. So fuck you for making me do that. Anyway, he said for Julius Jones, they have DNA, eyewitness testimony, and the murder weapon and the murder weapon. If that doesn't add up to guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, how can anyone ever be found guilty of anything? Again, though, cherry picking the thing that I already pointed out earlier and went through this case and explained that if you actually look at the evidence of the other factors here, there are some things to certainly be considered. It's not that simple. There's nuance in life. So and I just pulled out I pulled out two other tweets as well to kind of put around this, but Matt Walsh, remember Ashley Babbitt? She was the woman who was shot in, in the Capitol riot and killed, 
and she was trying to break through the window and they shot her. He goes, Ashley Babbitt, a tiny unarmed woman, mind you, she was in the fucking Air Force, was a lethal threat to Michael Byrd while climbing through a window several feet away. It was like a broken window and there was a mob behind her. Rosenbaum, a child raping mental patient, he is right about that, was not a lethal threat to Rittenhouse while chasing and assaulting him. This is the position held by many here. Again, you're half right on the second part and you're half wrong or you're you're right on the second part and wrong wrong on the first part. And it goes to show you like when it doesn't fit their ends, you know, it doesn't work. And uh, I'm I'm sick of the Capitol riot. I do think it gets overplayed and everything. It was it was gross and everything though, but there were a lot of questions around it and shit that happened and actors that were there who shouldn't have been there and all some of the conspiracy stuff, but one thing is, you know, I I think one rioter was killed the whole time and like they're complaining about that i'm like i mean you broke into the fucking capital i'm surprised 50 of you 100 of you didn't die i mean when you break into the capital the officers have every right to shoot you that's how life works that officer you know i'm not saying he was gonna be happy he shot somebody but like what the fuck is he supposed to do he shot somebody breaking into the capital like a like a mad woman that's what happens but the, the second tweet I had from him that I wanted to point out is is the whole problem around all this stuff in a nutshell that was just so perfect to me. There was a video of Kyle Rittenhouse supporters and Black Lives Matter protesters outside the courthouse, I think on Thursday, sharing pizzas and having a conversation and smiling and being cordial. And it made me so fucking happy. I saw this and I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I want to see. Sane people who have beliefs, they're willing to fight for them. That's fine. I'm going to be wrong about stuff. You're going to be wrong about stuff. They're going to be wrong about stuff. We're going to be right about some stuff too, but you have to talk about it, right? You have to find a way to converse because that's what we're very bad at now. Matt Walsh, though, not good enough for him. Tweets out with a subtweet to that video. I would not share a people a pizza with people who want to lock an innocent man in prison for the rest of his life for defending himself against a mob of arsonists and child rapists. I don't even want to share a country with these people, let alone a meal. <sighs> I think they might say to you, Matt, I don't want to share a meal with somebody who wants to put someone to death when there's questions around whether or not he did the fucking thing that they put him to death for. And I think they'd have a reasonable argument to say that, even if he ended up being guilty. There's a lot of evidence to point to the fact that he's not. So it's a, it's a pick-and-choose society. And this look, this is a ramble today. This is what happens when it's just me talking and I don't have someone here to talk about it with. That's why I, I like that format much, much better. But I just find hypocrisies in all these situations. And this one was just so glaring and blatant beyond a shadow of a doubt with, with all the cases that happened at once last week, almost like a plan, that it had to be pointed out. And... That's why I look, I'm not I'm not going to tell people what to think or what to do, but I often point out how much being kind of above the noise and having been in the noise and been someone who's left and been someone who's right and knowing how I think, how I thought when I was in those two rabbit holes and what I thought of other people and how I conversed or failed to converse. Seeing it now from the outside and having the ability to look at issues for myself and have nuanced opinions and have the moments where people on the left are cheering me and then moments where people on the right are cheering me and moments on those two sides when they're when either or is booing me. 
reinforces the fact that I am free in my own mind and in my own opinions. And I, I wish everyone could be that way. I, I know it's hard. I, I, it, it is. And like even now, that's why I when I read the noise of one side, I make sure it's like a drill. It's like a mental drill I do. I make sure I go read the noise of the other side at the same time or excuse me, like right after. And I'll read them all for a while. And then I'll kind of like decompress. You know, like if I had recorded this podcast on Friday night, even though I still wasn't feeling great, like I would have been hot. I, I was feeling good enough to like talk. I would have been hot. I'd have been just pissed at everyone. And I still am today, but I'm sane. You know, I, I, I can at least like attack and talk about it. I can understand where people are coming from. You know, th- there's a lot of people who exist on the left and the right who think that for their own separate reasons, the country is being ripped away from them. I say that there's no better example of the distraction of the powerful few in this country than the fact that we're spending all our time talking about a fucking 17 year old kid who shouldn't have been someplace and shot some people after he got attacked instead of the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell is on trial right now for an international sex trafficking operation that her partner Jeffrey Epstein allegedly now allegedly is dead killed himself air quotes and therefore isn't here to be able to answer for it and who allegedly has dirt on every single not every single but a ton of powerful people around this world at the highest levels of government and pop culture and anything. We're not paying attention to that trial. Hmm. Get out of the vortex here, people. There was, you know what? I, and I was going to talk about some NFT stuff today, like with the metaverse and everyone's throwing around that buzzword and there's some stereotypes in the NFT community that I know people outside of it make fun of and, and don't like, but We'll have to talk about that another time. Short end of it is I think people need to look at NFTs. They need to stop looking at it as just art, though there are projects that certainly lead with that and should, like our boy Waheed with with Smilesverse, which is incredible. His art is unbelievable. But NFTs are – I think they're more unlocking the next generation of interaction, and they're unlocking the – pathway to the quote-unquote metaverse which i have a lot of hesitations and excitement and hesitations and thrills and hesitations and all different emotions about but we'll have to talk about that another time but i actually want to close on a clip that i have to pull up that was absolutely fantastic and it was jim brewer who's a comedian who used to be on Saturday Night Live and really funny guy, very talented, does a lot of voices and things like that. But he recorded himself talking about what's going on in society last week. And it was funny, but it was also terrifying how much he nailed it. And described it like he put it into words with emotions what i think about our society so beautifully and i'm going to play it right now because i want you guys to hear it and i'll maybe i'll figure out a place to put the link to so you guys can get it but when i talk about the distraction of kyle rittenhouse and all these other things and everyone fighting at each other the left and the right pop 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 even though everyone's got the same problems they all see money inflating 
the job opportunities going down, machines taking over the world, power for gov- governments getting more and more power, lack of hope, student debt that they're never going to be able to pay off. All these things, they, they keep them together, should keep them together. They ignore because the powerful few and, and the media convince everyone with distractions that there are things that make us different. And they convince us on things like race and vaccines and stuff like that. And Jim Brewer fucking nailed it. So without further ado, let's go to Jim. Hanging out here. I got shows in Omaha, Nebraska tonight, tomorrow night. And uh, <laughs> are you uh, enjoying the great distraction circus, are you? <laughs> wow. Love his what a faces. show. Let's talk about this Rittenhouse kid today. Well, clearly, he's an American hero. Hero? What are you, some kind of an animal? He murdered people. Yeah, no, it was in self-defense. Self-defense, he should have never been there anyway. What's a 16-year-old doing with a gun? Well, he was trying to defend some real people. Did you see the people he actually killed? They were monsters. I know, but nobody, if anything, I think we should take guns away. If anything, I think he's the right reason why we need more guns. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking music, man. <laughs> Sire, <laughs> our plan is working geniusly as it has for centuries. They just keep dividing and we keep conquering as they're more distracted. We need to, oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a liar. How dare he lie? Why can't he be a teammate? Just get vaccinated. I think it's actually a choice. You should have a choice if you want to or do a, a double choice or a for the means of other people, of course. Oh, please, give me enough of that crap. Oh, wait a second. People haven't died? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that Aaron Rodgers you shouldn't be taking horse pills and taking advice from Joe Rogan, who's not a doctor. It's misinformation, and my information is the information. <laughs> the great divide and conquer, sire. They will never unite. <laughs> I love the British been working for centuries. Or they starting to catch on, and we will unite eventually. Turn the circus off, or at least know you're watching one. That's a mic drop and a half. And I got chills when he came in there at the end and turned to his own voice and turned to the camera and said that because he just put on a two-minute skit that said it better than I ever could. So, look, we're all going to live. Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty. Jury found him that way. I happen to agree with the verdict. I also don't think he should be made a saint. I, I don't think he's a hero. I think he's a dumb kid, and I think he should just go on as a private citizen now and i hope other people can do that too what i really hope though is that we don't continue to just feed the anger that they want us to feed each other and that we actually look with a balanced view at things that certainly need correcting certainly need correcting but may not be actually aren't as bad as we make them out to be Believe it or not, I still believe this to this day. I think this is the best country to live in on planet Earth. Certainly had a rough time the last six or seven years in particularly, but I could even say the last 20 years in a way. But it is it is a land that still has the most opportunity of anywhere else. And 
when I see it getting attacked, when I see it getting attacked with just complete sideswipes by the loudest people who can type out 280 characters, I'm going to come back at that and I'm going to put them all in their place where I can. And not that my opinion counts for anything, but I do have a microphone and some people listen to this. So, you know, I'll always keep it real with you. But would love to get some feedback, what you guys think. Some of the stuff I put out there today, I, I know that was that was certainly a lot. And thank you for listening to The Ramble. Again, I really have not even attempted to do this since the last one I did, like 15, 14, 15 months ago, whatever it was. So... We'll be back, God willing, next week with a guest episode, unless I'm still testing positive. We'll be back with that. So hopefully there's no more one-person episodes, but it is Wednesday before Thanksgiving, me putting out this episode. I'm recording it a day before, so happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope you have a great, great Thanksgiving holiday with your families and good time of year. It's holiday season. I love holiday season. I love Christmas season. Everything's getting excited. So that said, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace.